With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. P-S-N-Y. as always with my co-host chip murphy chip what's going on man how you doing i'm good man how are you hanging in um we are uh, more than halfway through the week i'm not gonna lie this week has just been kicking my ass at work uh so hence the bottle of wine i have here on the podcast tonight don't always do a podcast with a bottle of wine but when i do it probably means it's going to be an interesting night um so uh, we decided to tape this podcast because there's massive news in the NBA and we really wanted to talk about it. Of course, the trade between the Houston Rockets and the Washington Wizards, John Wall and Russell Westbrook exchanging places, the two most untradeable contracts in the NBA get exchanged for each other. What a world, 2020. What else can you say? To help us break it down, we have friend of the pod. Uh, friend in general, just an overall good dude. Um, Hoops Habits, Alex Trotaros. Alex, what's going on, man? Thank you for coming on the show tonight. Jeff, Chip, thank you guys for having me on as always. I love coming on this pod. Again, it just talk general hoops more than just Knicks. Um, I can't believe this trade, man. This trade is, uh, it really is the Spider-Man meme just like pointing back at each other because it's like you have an unmovable contract and you have an unmovable contract yet somehow <laughs> these teams got a deal done uh really feels like i mean john wall's a better shooter than westbrook but really feels like nothing has changed that much i guess that, that's how i feel yeah i i guess all three of us are knicks fans and like this is not an original thought for me for any but i i did have a little bit of a chuckle when I started to see Twitter and, and some people were like, the Knicks won the trade here because we didn't get either Wall or Westbrook on um, on our books for the next three seasons. But Chip, what did you think? Uh, I thought, yeah, the Spider-Man meme was the first thought, obviously, because it's eerily similar how two the guys are, including their contracts. Like three years, $130 million for both of them is how much they have left. It's scary how similar they are. And I agree with Alex. I don't think it really moves the needle for Houston either way. As long as they have Harden, they're still the exact same team. They're going to probably win 50 games and lose in the second round, whether they have Westbrook or John Wall. doesn't really matter. So the team revolves around Harden. As far as Washington goes, 
they probably get a little better because Westbrook is so much better than John Wall, even when John Wall was 2016-17 John Wall, and he was in his prime. So they go from sucking to maybe competing for the seventh seed. Right. Uh, the eight seed because the East is so bad. But I don't think it moves the needle too much for either team, uh, especially Houston. Yeah, and, I mean, apparently Houston is committed to keeping James Harden for now. I, I doubt he's going to be traded this week or anything. So, or before uh, the start of the season, it doesn't seem like. But, yeah, my first reaction was it's it's scary how similar the two guys are. But, yeah, I, I think it's just the first – in first uh domino to fall in the inevitable falling apart of everything in houston i mean eventually harden's gone he holds all the cards there and he's gone it's at some point absolutely man there's no way that harden stays i mean unless the team's starting to do well as the season progresses but i think by the trade deadline we're going to get a good indication somewhere around there if harden's going to be moved or not um then we all know that they couldn't move Harden then Westbrook because then you just dramatically decrease the value of Westbrook because you already know that they're not keep trying to build around Westbrook. Right. Yeah. So Westbrook had to move first. Interesting that's going to Washington. Interesting too that he's going to Kevin Durant's home team. I have to just that that one is really interesting. So. I wonder when they play each other in the East if there's really going to be some uh, some tension when they when they meet up. I imagine well, you it's know it's going to be, be like, oh no sorry, it's, Jeff. it's all right. No, I, I imagine I was, it's, it's going to be like I mean Durant's been waxing his ass like for the past yeah. three four years anyway, so it's going to be much <laughs> of the same. Like I don't know maybe um, well I mean at least when he was with Houston, but I mean Durant didn't play last year. Um, I don't know. Maybe the score differential will be a slightly less, uh, bigger difference. But I, I mean, it's, it's going to be much of the same. There'll be some stare downs, but at the end of the day, Washington is still going to get creamed by by Brooklyn if if they're healthy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know what? I was just going to say a good indication for what's going to happen with Harden is whether or not they're willing to pay PJ Tucker the contract mm-hmm. extension. Because if they don't pay him and they let him going into go into the season on an expiring deal, that means they're not looking for the real future. Because he's clearly made it known publicly and privately he wants to be paid and be in Houston. So if they're just like, oh yeah, we're going to go into him with an expiring and obviously trade him, that means they're not serious about going forward with Harden. That, But that's kind of what's interesting to me though. From the Rockets' standpoint, right? Like... You know that you know that you're like really beholden to Harden and he holds all the cards. But now and I get it, maybe the market was slim and maybe your ability to make a move for any potential star or guy who could become a star was difficult. But you now have three players including Boogie Cousins, David Nwaba and Wall that are all coming off Achilles injuries. Um, and the history of coming back off an Achilles injury hasn't been great. So for the Rockets, this is such a high risk move. And if you want to try and 
told the narrative well, you know, Boogie and, and Wall played in college. I mean, it was a decade, over a decade ago. Like, um, it's just, for me, from Houston's standpoint, uh, unless Harden was just really, really into this, as, as we've heard reported in some way, I just don't see it working that well. I don't know. I, I could be wrong, though. And Jeff, how about the risk of Christian Wood, three years, 40 million based off 60 games? Yeah, that, that's a pretty big risk, too. Yeah, um, that is that is definitely a big risk. Um, I don't know, man. This is a, this is a, <laughs> it's definitely a Spider-Man meme trade. Uh, the pick that also goes to Houston is also pretty interesting to me as well. Chip, we were, we were talking a little bit offline, heavily protected in 2023. It's lottery protected in 2024. It's top 12 protective in 2025. It's top 10 protected 2026 top eight. Then it becomes two second rounders. Um, I mean, say of that what you will. Like, I don't think Washington is likely to be a uh, a great team, but in the East, I I do think this move puts them in the top eight um, at least. So, I mean, at the very least, I think you're looking at uh, top twenty-five, ten protected before you start looking at a realistic return. And, and then on from that. So, I mean, the pick doesn't really move the needle either. I mean, it's it's really, it's it's just crazy, man. Like, it, it's a really interesting trade. I will say this. If I have to take a take and not straddle the fence, and I know, Chip, you already said this as well. Like, I do feel like the Wizards get better, and this makes sense for them in a couple of areas. So, either team... If you were going to get off Wall or Westbrook's contract, you were going to have to give up a lot. Unless you were going to do a swap like this. Like, if you were going to get rid of Wall's contract, especially coming off the injury that he was just coming off of, you were going to have to give up, I think, multiple picks. But instead, you get Westbrook, who granted is a stat stuffer and not an efficient scorer, but he's a former MVP. And... His injury history isn't that terrible. So you put Westbrook in an offense that now has Beal and Bertans that are two very reliable shooters. And I was even looking at a potential starting five. You have Russ, Beal, and whoever you want to play at the three that could include Rui, Denny, or Troy Brown, Bertans, and Thomas Bryant. Like, in the East, that's not bad, man. Like, that's... That's I think that's somewhat doable. So from the, the Wizards, I actually see this making a lot of sense. And the other thing is this. Even if you wanted to say, well, if you're a Wizards fan, right, and you wanted to say, listen, this is stupid because um, we're not going to get that much better with Westbrook and now it's going to screw our chances with the lottery. You have Beal on your team and you have to appease him. Some way, somehow. You can't just waste the prime years of his career. So you have to do something. And if you really felt like Wall wasn't going to give you the best chance to win paired with Beal, making a move like this, I don't I don't think is that terrible. Especially if you were just going to eat Wall's money anyway and just bank on the fact that, oh, 
He didn't play for two years off an Achilles, and he's going to be healthy. So I do think, in some ways, the Wizards do come off as, as kind of a definitive winner here. What do you guys say to that? I could agree with that as the Wizards come off as the definitive winner. It's, I think it's better to look at it as who, who didn't really lose than who really won. Um, but And if that's the case, it's the Wizards because now you get you haven't seen you haven't seen Wall play in two years, right? Westbrook, you said it, Jeff. He's a former MVP. We see that any team that he's on can easily lead him, lead them to the playoffs. You, the Wizards are now guaranteed to make the playoffs. Westbrook just increases that ceiling so much, right? We talked about even coming to the Knicks. Like who 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 is it? Uh, Alan Hahn, right? On uh, on his radio show, he even right. mentions it. Even 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 when he went on to Pod Strickland, he mentions it that Westbrook will create that competition within the locker room, will hold guys accountable, and will give it your all. He will give it his all every single night. And with people seeing that, everyone's just going to play to another level around him. Right? How far does it actually take them? Not that far, it, it, because he's not an efficient scorer. He's not truly a floor, floor general. He does a lot of kickout passes. Not really looking for the advanced reads everyone likes to talk about, you know, looking like two, three plays ahead. He'll have those flashy dimes once in a while, like between the legs, getting it to somebody. But he's not like a Chris Paul, someone who, you know, can really like elevate to another level and make everyone around them play better. But if the Wizards are actually going to have like a really good chance, I'd like to see how Denny fits in that because he plays yeah. so well off ball. and He's, he's a connector. Really a, he's, he's a, a good playmaker. He is. And if you want someone who can just bring the ball up court, get other guys involved, and like take a little bit of pressure off Westbrook, I think that's a guy that you might want to pair up with like Beal and Westbrook, especially because he can connect them. You know what I mean? Denny's not, uh, as we see, he's like he's not as of right now like probably the best scorer, but he can try to connect. I know Chip's laughing over here, like, can Denny really do that as a rookie? No, I'm not saying he's going to do like a great job as a rookie and do that type of stuff. But if you're thinking about like from the between the two teams, at least you could you could try to make that argument and try to see, hey, it can at least go in that direction. Do the Wizards go far? I think they're maybe max second round team and out, but it's not really like a, a compelling move where it's like, all right, these guys got a real shot to win the title. I wasn't laughing at the idea that he could do it. I was laughing at the idea that Russ may let him try and do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I, I don't think he went to Washington to let a 19-year-old try and run the offense at any point. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not even saying to run the offense. Like, I'm just saying for at some point, because you can't rely on Westbrook. I know he loves to pound a little bit daylight out of the ball, like every single possession, but he's, he can't do it all game long. I mean, we've seen it, but at this, at this point of his career, like, well, dude, really? he's going back to Scott Brooks for a reason. No, oh, that's, all, that's also true. That's also true. Yeah. But here's, He's going back to Brooks. Here's the other thing that's interesting with that is is so the Wizards on some level, and again, this kind of – I don't know if this counters my point with Beal being on the team and you having to appease him, but they do now have and, – and guys, re- remind me if I'm wrong, but Rui, Rui was a top 10 pick, right, or no? Yeah. I think so. So now they have two top ten picks in Rui – or wait, Denny was as well or no? Maybe Denny fell back a little bit? I don't think so. Wasn't he nice? Den- Denny – Denny, no, Denny was out of the, the lottery, wasn't he? 
He oh, was, was he just post. He was not out, not out of the lottery. Not out of the lottery. Like the top ten. He was out of the top ten. All right. So if he's out of the top ten, whatever. They have two top fifteen picks, and Rui. I think most people will recognize that he had a really rough rookie year, but there were flashes. There was some good stuff there, oh. and now I think. This is going to be very interesting because you're going to have Russ for the next three seasons. And I do think on some level it's not – like we could say – and I'm not a huge Russell Westbrook hater like a lot of people are. But there's – I am not under the assumption that he's going to help the development of Denny Avdija or Rui Achimura at all. And you do have to think about that because you invested in these two young guys and now – you're bringing on a player. I'm not going to call him a superstar because regardless of his numbers and the fact that he's all NBA, I don't really think he's a superstar. He definitely fills up the statue. He plays hard. Um, but his best years are behind him. And you now brought in a, um, a primary initiator who doesn't really initiate. That's one of the most controversial things you've ever said on this podcast. You really think <laughs> yeah, so? Think, right? To say that to say that Westbrook is not a superstar, I think he is a superstar in all honesty. But and just to clarify, with the Rui Hachimura and the Denny Abdija pick, they're both the ninth overall pick in back to back drafts. So both top ten. Yeah, both top ten. I don't know, but I thought so. Yeah. You, you're, I can't believe you're saying Russell Westbrook is not a, a superstar. I'm I mean, really thrown off by this one. I'll say, I'll say, I, that, I mean, by I, name, listen, by name recognition and, and, you know, he does, he's got his all NBA accolades. Um, I don't know, man. Like I, I just don't, I, I, I think his, his best years are behind him. I think this is going to be a really interesting fit. Um, and I think it's it's also problematic to bring on a guy with his skill set or lack of playmaking skill set, um, and then people are going to say, "Oh, he averages eight assists, nine assists." But it's, it, I mean, like, it's not within the flow of the offense. It's within him yeah, that's looking. That's horseshit. It's the within. It's it's, it's the the way he gets assists. It's by him looking for the shot first. And then if people double him or or whatever, that's that's what it is. It's not within the flow of an offense where there's like motion and multiple pin downs and stuff. Like there's a lot of movement. Like it's just him pick and roll, find you in the corner, or I'm going for mine. So I just I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Jeff. That the playmaking is very simple for Westbrook. I still consider him a superstar just because of the gravity he brings to a team. Like he is, he, t- he takes it to the playoffs. That's, that's pretty impressive. Like even when he was by himself, you could argue that at Steven Adams was, is a really good number two for that one year after Katie left, but still to, to carry that team and just make a playoff appearance when people weren't counting them out, they had him winning around 40 some odd games, which I think they did. I think yeah. it was like 46, something 46, some odd wins. They did it. Um, but to the fashion that he did it, which was averaging a triple double was a more impressive part. But then when you look back at it, you know, you have Steven Adams allowing him to get the rebound and just bring it up court. The assists, as you already pointed out, is not off of pin downs. It's him going to the lane, getting double, triple teamed, and then looking for a guy who's open on this, like outside and then hopefully they knock it down. It's, he's not going to elevate the team to be 
that much better than I guess what it is right now. And if we even look at what happened this previous season, right? We had the Bucks first, Raptors second, Celtics third, Pacers fourth, the Heat fifth, the 76ers sixth, and the Brooklyn Nets seventh, and then the Magic made the eighth spot. Granted, we got to play in this year, so all you have to do is just get to 10, and you have a chance to make the playoffs. But still, like to even get to eight now, like I'm, I, I don't know how the Orlando Magic are going to look this season, but it's going to be a competition for that last spot to just make to make to make that last seed. And then even if you do make that last seed, you have to play the plan if you're the seventh or eighth. Well, so, with, with the Magic, I'll, I'll, um, Chip is is Isaac out for the entire season or no? Yes, he is. So I mean, they're. I, they missed him for most of last season and still made it. But that's a good point. The That's the bottom point. of the East was a lot worse last year. It like was. I was just That's said. why so. you know I, I I think I think the Wizards are are firmly in there. And I mean, listen, I'm not gonna lie. I I know I just crapped on Russ's uh, superstar dreams, and you know what? I'm gonna stick to that. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I want like, to. I want to go back to Let's that. Talk. When you're done Let's with talk. This. <laughs> Let's talk. Talk soon. Hashtag. <laughs> the the um. God, I can't believe you. I still can't believe you said that. I'm very surprised. I did. I did. The uh, if if Russell Westbrook isn't a superstar, then who is a superstar to you in the league? Like how many? Westwood super- one do. Westwood <laughs> one is definitely conversation superstar. over. Forget it. I, yeah. I apologize. <laughs> D- DJ Wilson. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Jesus. No, I, I like, like, listen, like, I mean, we've all heard this conversation before, but like, I do believe there's tiers of, of superstars in this game. So when I think of, when I personally think of a superstar and, and I do think this term gets thrown around a lot. Of course. It's so overused for for sure. For me, I think no matter what your statistical output is, it has to impact winning. Um, and if we're comparing Westbrook and Wall, if I just look at their box plus minus, Westbrook's is higher. I think it's like 4.6 as opposed to Wall's that's like 2.6 or something like that. But for me, when I think of a superstar, I'm thinking of, um, LeBron, Harden, you know, Jokic, AD, um, and Kawhi. And Kawhi. Giannis, Giannis. Uh, Giannis. And also, and I'm going to put him, even though he's a tier below, but man, this guy impacts winning. You know, someone like Jimmy Butler. I'm, I'm putting Jimmy Butler above Russell Westbrook 100%. And I don't care that Westbrook averages 20-whatever for his career or, or whatever, but Jimmy Butler, to me, is a better basketball player than Russell Westbrook, and I'll take him any day of the week. I don't have any problem with that. What about Chris Paul? Yeah, I have Chris Paul okay. over over Westbrook for sure, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like, and and those are tiers. Like, like Paul and Butler are in that same tier that is below LeBron and some of those other guys because they have crazy statistical output and they impact winning. But Westbrook is like he is a very talented player, and he, and I'm sure he's a very hardworking player, and I'm sure he's good for your culture. But based on his style of play. Like, he just, he doesn't, you know, all those years when he was in OKC, when KD left, we kind of saw what happened. And 
but I'm so surprised to hear you say this because you're such a mellow guy. I and know. this is the argument people use against mellow all the time. And I'm, an, <laughs> and I'm an Iverson guy. And I'm an Iverson guy. I know. But, but here's the thing. It's all about where you rank them because Mello's superstar career – Mello's, Mello's superstar years in his career – I'm sorry, and I love Melo, but it was a short time period. You know, like he he had years with the Nuggets where he was absolutely an unstoppable offensive force, and then he essentially had one year with the Knicks where he was incredible, and the the organization surrounded them with very complimentary players that, let's be fair, also played out of their skull for one year. Um, you know, and and Melo is what he is. It, here's the thing. Just because I'm saying that I don't think a guy's a superstar doesn't mean that I don't like them. Like, I love Melo. I love Iverson. And I like Westbrook. But I just don't – I can't say that Westbrook is a superstar. This, this, despite his contract, despite his accolades, like, I'll, I'll have respect for him as a player. But going into the 2020-2021 season – he would not be a guy that I would define as a superstar, just for me. Even though he's coming off his most efficient season, yeah, it's crazy that all we remember is that he stunk it up against the Lakers. Well, you know what? And here's <laughs> That's the all thing. we remember. I'll, I'll 100% admit, Chip, I didn't know that. So I, I'll listen, I'll, I'll, I, I can admit that for sure. But it's just – it's hard for me, man, when you play, when you play the point guard position and you're not an elite scorer like Dame – and you're also sub at playmaking. That that's kind of an issue for me. And your usage rate happens to be pretty high. It's too, it's way too high. So that's that's high. kind of what's an issue for me. Like if you're Dane, and and you can hit from mid mid court and do whatever you want, um, and also playmake. Okay, fine. But if you if you struggle with shooting and you're a pl- in a point guard and you struggle with playmaking, unless you get a hundred pick and roll opportunities to drive your hardest at the rim a game, that's difficult. That's difficult to watch, and that's difficult for me as a GM to buy into and say, you know what? That's the guy that I need running our offense. But well, this is no. I'm sorry, Alex. Go for it. No, no, no go. Fi- you can finish first. No, I was. I was just gonna say that for me. I mean, again, if I'm Washington and I want to get off Wall's contract and I don't want to give up a ton of picks, this kind of makes sense. You know, because you have shooting in Washington, but it's it's going to be a struggle. They're essentially saying, listen, we're not going to waste Bradley Beal's prime years and we need to bring somebody in. We're not going to get somebody in of Russ's caliber without giving up a lot. So let's see what we can do here. But this also hamstrings them because they're now going to, I think, my personal opinion, stunt the development of some of their young players. Okay. My thing with... Westbrook, why I wanted to say is that this is why they've had the whole argument of him not being a true point guard is because his playmaking and his shooting has been, you know, sub what it should be. But it's just tough, man. I really like, I like, I just don't see how you can't call him a superstar. Even, even with everything that he does, like, yes, the usage rate is so high where it, I mean, to be fair in OKC, who else were you going to rely on to get something done? You're going to rule. Rely on Roberson. That's true. No, you're right. You're right. Who who you're relying on? Are you talking about that one year? Yeah, that one year. Like when it was just him and Stephen Adams. Yeah. No. Like when they had Paul George. That's well. That's that's one year they did have Victor Oladipo. 
to be fair. <laughs> sure. He just didn't and, know that he was good. <laughs> yeah. And look, even Victor Oladipo mentioned how hard it is to play with Russ. Knicks, and, Knicks are going to play well, yeah. against him opening night, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to be he's going to be begging RJ to trade for him like a pussy. Probably. <laughs> I have no interest in trading for Victor Oladipo after he pulled that shit. I'll say this. So I, I got to say this. Um, in previous podcasts, I've kind of been against Chip on this, and I've felt like Vic was undervalued amongst Nick's Twitter and NBA Twitter in general. And I actually – I wouldn't have minded taking a shot at Vic, but I don't know, man. I, I think um, – I think it's a tough sell, but he he, he I, I'd be very interested to see how he plays this year. I don't know. I would I would be interested to go off tangent to trade for Oladipo to see how he's doing by the midway point during the trade deadline, and knowing that we're going to extend him. That's the only way I'd make a move for Oladipo. Right. I'm not trade trading for him right now because he wants to get his music career off the off the ground and, and whatnot. No nah, man, let, let's see let's see what you can do on the court. It wasn't good when you came back. We understand that you didn't have much time to really acclimate yourself to the game you went to right. the bubble whatnot and you were even thinking about going to the bubble initially let's see what you can do and honestly like it's if we don't even trade for him at the deadline he's gonna be a free agent the following year so he has a he, he can make his own decision if he wants to come to new york and be part of this team right. I, i'm not in any rush to go trade assets for victor oladipo because the pacers are also going to get something in return right that's just a side tangent <laughs> for this exactly and what would you even give up for him there's like the Pacers are a well-run team, so they're going to ask for something for him. And the precedent's been set. Like, look, the Pelicans just got four or three or four first-round draft picks for Drew Holiday or whatever it was. So the Pacers are going to want something for Victor Oladipo, even if he has been banged up the past two years. So yeah, they're, you're right, Alex. You can't give up anything for the guy based on what you've seen recently. Let him go to free agency. If he wants to choose the Knicks, he has the option to choose the Knicks. Giving up something for the guy, especially when you know no one else is going to give up anything for him anyway. You'd just be the only team bidding for him. Who the hell else is going to trade for Victor Oladipo right now? No one, and not even Miami, I guess, was the other team. Yeah. Yeah, but Miami wouldn't even pull that stint either. Like, Pat Riley's too smart to even do something like that. He'd rather wait and try to get him in free agency unless he can get a true bargain. And if that's the case, then he would make a move. But I don't think the Pacers are going to be willing to give up. Or maybe they will. Maybe they get to the trade deadline. They're like, look, we need to get something or nothing. Because who knows if Oladipo will be open to doing a sign-and-trade either because he would right. want to get that five-year uh, fully guaranteed contract, right? So we, 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 don't, we don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know who would be willing to do it. But I want to get back to this. Westbrook thing in the East because now I'm done looking about it and then we can yeah, transfer yeah. If, if you want if you want to go back to talk about the West for no I want I was just gonna suggest the same thing you you need to go back to talking about that uh, MVP season if you want to no it's not even the MVP season it's now looking at the the teams again in the East are we sure that they're a lot to even make it are we even sure now like we have the Charlotte Hornets who just improved. Right, they got Gordon Hayward. They have Lamelo Ball. It's not. I know it's not like world beef, but we're just talking no, about the A seed. You're right. We're talking about we're, we're talking about the A seed. Right. Right. Like the A seed is not the the. Well, it's not. It's it's not a lock. And then we this. also have the Atlanta Hawks, who I'm not really that high on because I know last year we like to uh, no, but they'll be hype better. them up. 
I know they're going to be better. I know they're going to be better. I'm not saying that. I just don't. I'm not bullish to call them a playoff team like they did last year. But they're definitely going to be better, probably for a play-in. And then what? You got the Magic who could still be in it because they're the Magic. <laughs> I'm gonna. Well, hold up this. Hold, Alex, do this. Pull up the eight playoff teams from last year. Let's look at this. Look at the standings from last year, and let's see where we think the Wizards are going to be because I. I do think they're going to be in the top eight, but I'm interested to see what, what you guys think. So, so you want me to go down like from first to eight? Yes, yeah. All right. So first to eight, uh, Bucks were one, two were the Raptors, three okay. were the Celtics, four were the Pacers, five were the Heat, six were the 76ers, seven were the Nets, eight were the Magics. Magic, sorry. Okay. So the Magic are the team... Because I can see all the one through seven making it again. Yeah, I, I think those guys are locked. Maybe the Pacers would be the team to fall out because I think Miami would be back right, right back in there. The Bucks, you still got Giannis. The Raptors are a well-oiled machine. Celtics are the Celtics are they're they're a solid team as well. The 76ers, as as dysfunctional as they can be, new coach and Doc Rivers, but. You would have to think you're still going to get somewhere with Embiid and Simmons on the team. And the Nets got Katie and Kyrie, man. That's just... You know what's funny, Alex? You, you're you right. Is the East... Chip, is the East going to be like actually competitive this year? Because out of... I mean, listen. I think, if, yeah. if Kemba... Kemba is hurt, right? And he's... There's some very... There's some mystery surrounding his health. So... The the Nets are clearly not going to be seventh or whatever they were. They're I think they'll be at least top three. So if you have the Bucks, if you have the Bucks, the Raptors, and the Nets, and probably the Seventy Sixers will be the top four. Um, the Heat will probably be the fifth, maybe again, or I don't know if those guys will jockey for three to five. I think those that f- that five is set. So then if you have the Pacers. I personally think the Magic will drop out, but I think you'll have anywhere. Um, Alex Wells is in there. There's there's the Pacers. You got the Pacers with the remaining teams, or like the for, for yeah. There. So I I'm thinking my my top five for next year, and in any not any particular order, but you you bet Bucks, Raptors, Nets, um, mm-hmm. Heat, and Seventy Sixers. Who are the other three teams that are in there? Celtics, Pacers. Shit. Uh, you got. Yeah, Celtics. There's are, only one spot left. There. Yeah. There's really that's only, it's just there's one, really it's only one spot left. That's gonna drop yeah. Out. So I listen. I gotta retract yeah. that. The the Wizards are not a lock to make yeah, the top. Yeah. I, I actually, I, and that's They're where, I, and that's where, I, looking They're at this not. again, I actually don't know if I can actually say that now because the East, is some, it seems to have gotten. Better and it's not the weak East that we're so no. used to where yeah, everyone right. can make it. You're right. So and you're that's right. why I did a double take because I, you know, the Hornets made moves even though it's yeah questionable. Dude. Like you know, Gordon Hayward, he's still a okay to good player. They got one mellow ball who I think is going to struggle a little bit, but they're going to be an interesting team that could potentially make a push. The good thing is that there's the playing games again, so you got ten teams, right? So it's up to ten teams. Well, that's going to be the interesting part. Are the Wizards got to win two or they got to win one? That's 
because I feel like they're going to fall in between there. Right. I feel like there could be as many as four teams competing for that last spot yeah. in, the, in the East. Yeah. You got Charlotte, Washington, Atlanta, Atlanta, and Orlando. Yeah. And I may be crazy for saying this, but there may be even a fifth with the Bulls. Yeah, I mean, that's the, a possibility. I, and I, that's I was high on the Bulls last year. Yeah, I, I like the Bulls, but Dude, and Billy with Donovan, a new coach now. I here's, like the Bulls. here's the other thing. I used to, and and this was a little bit of my mellow my mellow goggles, but I used to not like Billy Donovan as a coach. But it's clear that Billy Donovan is actually a, a decent coach, and specifically, he might be a decent coach for a young team. Bulls are a young team, and I, I think he might do well with them. Chip, you're right that. There's four teams playing for that last spot. The Wizards are not a lock. Um, and let's not forget, guys, the Knicks signed Austin Rivers and MKG. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. And Alec Burks. MKG. MKG. He's the one, man. That was the real signing we were all waiting for. He's going to average a triple-double, carry us all the way to the finals. <laughs> all while shooting 40% from the line. North Jersey high school legend, Michael yes. K. Gilchrist. Yes. <laughs> He was oh amazing in high school. Worldwide Wes's nephew right there, man. He's going to do it. He's going to save the Knicks. Wow. Yeah, man. So that the East is going to be interesting. Is the ugliest thing. Ever. Yes. Yeah, Ever. but no, Alex, you're right about the Hornets because no one wants that eight seed more than Michael Jordan wants you're that right. eight seed. You're right. Like. You're right. You're right. <laughs> wow. You're right. He, he really wants to be in the playoffs. He really does. Really, really does. Dude, that was oh uh, that's interesting. I think, well, you know what, man? It just makes this NBA season coming up even more interesting because, hey, if the East is better, that's a hell of a lot better competition than there was last year. That's for sure. Yeah, man. For sure. What do we think about the Rockets, It also though? means more losses for the Knicks. Yes, it does. In a very <laughs> the uh, good draft coming up. Yeah, the Rockets. So, what do you guys? I I I had this in my notes um, for this pod. So, this is this is my potential starting five. I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but Wall, Harden, Christian Wood, Tucker, Boogie, um, Ben McLemore coming off the bench. Like, what do you guys think that that gets you in the West? I I, I don't know. Ugh. <laughs> interesting spacing man because they are not that's that's not money ball that's not more ball anymore man because that's that's gonna be i don't know oh jeez what chip, i thought you go off this oh, one i have so no you know idea. what real quick really before, no chip, chip before you start marcus cousins isn't even gonna be guaranteed a roster spot is he <laughs> well not as of right now no but Chip, before you start, this is what I – so when I just gave you that lineup, this is my overall take from that lineup. What this means okay. is that Harden is going to start having injuries in the season very early <laughs> and missing about two to three games a week. That's what I think is going to happen. You're going to see flu-like symptoms, oh, like um, hip flexor, like stuff like that. That's what I think is – it means because when he sees what this lineup is going to do on a nightly basis, no bueno, no bueno at all. Yeah, I think the only locks are Wall, Harden, and Tucker. Yeah, 
but I think they just paid Christian Wood a ton of money, so yeah. I'd be surprised if he didn't start. Gerald Green is now and on the roster as well. He, uh, they love Gerald Green. Rockets, there. Rockets legend. But Harold Eric Gerald Gordon, Green. yeah, Rockets legend. They love him there. He's a hometown boy. But Eric Gordon's been there a million years. Yeah. I think he'd probably start too. Yeah. So Wall, Harden, Gordon, Wood, and Tucker would be my bet. And maybe oh, Cousins okay. will start at some point, but yeah. But uh, that would be my bet. Wall, Harden, Gordon, uh, Wood, Tucker. That's a better line. But uh, That's a way I think Cousins is, yeah, I think Cousins is going to take a while to get used to things. And uh, God, I just, that team is going to be interesting, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if I just don't see how you could possibly start. John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, both those guys are going to be so rusty. And I think it would be a terrible mistake. And to rush Cousins back to – now, I like – well, I don't like P.J. Tucker. I love P.J. Tucker. So I think you got to keep him in a starting lineup too, especially. But you know what? As much as you have to keep him in a starting lineup, if you're going to do that and keep playing him against bigs, which they'd be doing if they put him in the starting lineup, pay the guy. Yeah, of course. Well, here as we're taping this podcast, um, Mark Stein just tweeted – Rocket star James Harden was not yet in for Houston's team individual workouts as of Thursday. League sources say. New Rockets head So we're going to record this, and he's going to be traded. <laughs> that would be amazing, right? No, no, but here's the thing. New Rockets head coach Steven Silas said this afternoon that Harden, of Harden, that he's confident he will be here when we get started. Houston's first official practice is Sunday. That's not good for the coach to have to say, I'm confident my best player will be here on yeah. when practice is starting. Not really. <laughs> not a great sign. Not a great sign. Never. Not looking good, Bob. Not looking good. <laughs> um, it's, oh my God. Can you imagine if he gets traded? Like, yeah. Could you imagine being Steven Silas right now? Yeah, for your first big job. I mean, that, yeah. that's rough, man. That's rough. Although, I'm going to say this, and I know this is going to be a little bit of a tangent. This is not. Harden wall related. And this may also be the second most controversial thing I've said on this podcast, but Oh boy, hold on to your seats, everyone. Wait, get ready for it. Cause this is D- this is DJ Wilson Wilson Hive esque. James um, Harden's not a superstar. No no. no. He, <laughs> of of course he is. Of course he is. But I'm telling you right now, man, Harden gets traded to the Nets. I'm not so sure about that fit with Kyrie and KD, man. I'm telling you right now, I'm not. I'm not sure about it. I don't care what everybody says. You get the stars. You figure out the fit later. You get them on your team. You figure it out later. What? I'm. I'm just. I don't see it working. I just don't. Plain and simple. I don't. Alex, I took the Rockets lineup question first, so you can take this one. <laughs> Don't Man, see it working. I'll say I'll say this. <laughs> they probably wouldn't win first year. It'd be a it'd definitely be an interesting fit considering Kyrie needs the ball in his hand and James Harden needs the ball in his hand. Um and Kevin Durant needs the ball in his hand. But look, we said this about Chris Paul and we said this about Harden when they both played together too, and somehow they made it work. So if you got st- no one's, there's no head coach on the Nets. I'm sure they're all going to do a kumbaya song and they're all going to figure it out. But no, in all seriousness, I think they'll figure. I think they could figure it out. I think they can all like play like probably the second year. 
my thing is that it's going to be a short time period to actually get something out of that team because would Kevin Durant sign a three-year contract, right? It was a three-year contract. I think both and him and are, Kyrie signed four-year deals. It was four-year deals? I believe so, okay. yeah. So, but, okay, so, so then you got three years to try to get something then with these guys. You hope that you can get something. Nothing's ever guaranteed. I mean, how many times have we seen these top match superstars come together? I think the best one we saw were, were the Heatles when right. they came together. Right. But I don't th- out of all those three, who's going to be the Chris Bosch? That's right. the best question. But so, but that's kind of my point because, and I know Chip is going to come in here and say this. I feel this coming from him because I've done so many pods from him here with him. But here's the thing, right? Like. From a skill, from a statistics standpoint, Kyrie and um, Duran and Harden are all great off the ball shooters. It's not that they can't work together. My question is, will they work together? Because all of these guys have substantial egos, and I know that this argument gets played into a lot. But if you don't have the willingness, because Everyone, even even when LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Bosch got together, there was a conversation. Wade even said it in interviews. He said, I had to take a step back. I had to realize this was Bron's team. Who do you think is going to do that? Out of Harden? Who, who do you, you think James Harden is going to do that? When he had Chris Paul on his team, Chris Paul who's been one of the most impactful players in our league when it comes to winning, Chris Paul got traded. Then Russell Westbrook came in, former MVP. One year, one year, Russell Westbrook got traded. You think that James Harden is going to go to a team where he has been the league perennial you know, scorer, whatever, top scorer, whatever it is, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving fancies himself probably a top 10 player. Kevin Durant, when healthy, is absolutely a top three, top two, whatever player. And do you really think that either of these guys are really going to say, you know what, there's a part of my game where I just can't showcase that anymore. That, that's just, it, for the betterment of the team, I just, I can't do that. We even, you even saw Durant. Durant left the Warriors. Durant left the Warriors and said, I didn't, you know, Kerr had to realize that we needed to ISO more. Whatever, we can't just do this movement all the time. I'm really good at ISOing. How is Steve Nash? going to navigate all of these players and their different skill sets and personalities. I, I'm sorry. Like, I don't think it's that crazy of a hot take. I don't think it's going to work. And when I say not work, I mean not win a championship. They'll be, they'll be a top four, top five seed every year that they're together, no matter what. But I don't see them going past the conference finals. I, or, or, or I see them getting to a championship maybe once and getting absolutely smacked by the by the Lakers or somebody else in the West because they're not going to figure out how to play to play with each other. <laughs> I feel like it's crazy. We're having all these takes about a trade that's probably not gonna happen. You're right. But, but fuck it. Um I <laughs> I <laughs> uh no I, I disagree. And I, I look James Harden has just been dribble, 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 fuck you, get out of my way for so long that, no, I don't think he's going to change. I don't think there's any way he's going to change. But I don't think 
that uh, Kevin Durant is going to be quite as selfish, if that's what you want to call it. I think he's the best shooter out of the three of them. Well, I know he's the best shooter. He's one of the greatest shooters of all time. So I think if it's crazy to say this because he's the best player out of the three. But if anyone's going to have to take a sort of more off-ball role, it's probably going to have to be Durant because we know James Harden's not going to do it. And even though Kyrie is clearly the lesser of the three players, we know he's not going to do it either because he loves his highlights and he he loves all the trick play shit that he does. So he's not going to do it. But And I'm not sure how effective Kyrie Irving would be if he didn't have the ball in his hands majority of the time. But see, and this is where it's like, it gets complicated. We're thinking like, how would this team work out? I think, you know, I, I would agree with you, Chip, that out of all those three guys, Kyrie is the lesser because we see what Kevin Durant can do. We see, we saw how, how much uh, OKC was impacted after he left. And we saw what he did with the Warriors when he was there. Right. You know, we all know what Harden can do. He's, t- he's gone to the uh, conference finals Kyrie by himself has yet to prove a lot, except with that one year with the Celtics, you know, for most of that season, it was like, it was mostly on him when Tatum was rookie and Brown was a a second year player, but Kyrie would definitely have to be the guy and should be the guy to take a backseat. If that trade were to happen. I agree. And he's also a good off ball shooter. So it works. But the question is again, is it going he to happen? Be, but he won't be. Right. So, Chip, that's that's why I'm saying it's not going to work. And Steve Nash is not the guy. I'm sorry. I love Steve Nash. Steve Nash is an, a, a brilliant basketball he's player. He's not. He's never been a head coach before, and he's not going to be able to manage all these personalities to the point where Ky- he's going to be able in, to influence or Kyrie is, is going to be able to independently influence himself to take a backseat to the point where, you know what, I need to be more off-ball. Like, like Harden has to run this show, and he needs to pick and roll with KD the most, and I got to play off that. Like, that's not going to happen, in my personal opinion. And that's why I don't think if the trade does happen, it will work for them. He's not even running things. D'Antoni's running the offense, and Jock Vaughn is running, running the, the defense. defense. Well, there you go. He's not even in charge of this stuff right now. So, yeah, I, he's deferring. Like, obviously, to defer to D'Antoni is kind of an intelligent thing to do. He's an offensive genius. But, yeah, it's not like he's – and you have, like you alluded to with Kyrie talking about how there's not really a, a coach on the team and he feels like how anybody could be a coach. That was a it's not like Steve coach. Nash is going to be able to walk in and stomp down on Kyrie and be like, hey, you're playing off the ball tonight. <laughs> like, come on. This is these are all facts, and here's the other thing. Like we we heard what Kyrie said about uh, about uh, Kenny Atkinson, right? Where he was like, he I don't need a coach to tell me to do drills and yada yada yada. And I think that's already telling of how Kyrie feels about you know wanting that freedom from a coach to kind of play the role he wants to play on a team. So it's it's interesting how. And I think this is where Jeff is alluding to it. And, and like, you know, the more I keep talking about it, the more we keep talking about it, I, I lean more towards Jeff. It's, I, I just don't see how all this would come together when you have three personalities. If you if this trade were to actually go down where everyone wants to touch the ball, everyone needs to be on the ball to a certain extent because they want their highlights. They want to feel, you know, that they get their, they're getting their game in, playing iso ball. 
it's a very, very, very tricky situation. I think they they're probably just they're definitely better off just the way that they are and figuring out to getting some other role players because you don't need they don't even need that many superstars. But that, like, that, and, it's true you know, though, like, right? Like Kev literally left the Warriors for that reason, right? Like why else would you leave a team that has Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green unless you wanted to be the reason or one of the focal points that your team, whatever team surrounds you, wins a championship. And so I don't think that's why he left. I think he just hated Draymond and wanted to play uh, with Kyrie Irving. I don't think he gives a shit about that stuff. I don't, I don't know, think that's man. his primary thing. Just based off his comments, I think it was more about hanging out with his friends. He doesn't like Draymond. He's not friends with Steph, and that wasn't like I think he cares about winning, but I don't think that's goal. The, I don't think that's goal one. The quote that the, there was definitely a quote out there, and again, I don't know if it came a hundred percent from him or if it, or if it was a source, but there was a quote out there that said, "This is Steph's team, and it was never going to be my team." Like something, you know, uh, uh, alluding to that fact. I mean, like that has to play into it on on some sense. I think. I remember that quote that you're talking about, Jeff, and I, def- I think I think it was a multitude of things. I think Kevin Durant wanted to feel like he could lead a team. That was the whole purpose of him kind of leaving because he could have stayed with Golden State and won endless championships. Endless. Endless, endless championships. Endless. Um, but I think he also wanted to like have that sense of pride where – because no one was giving him the credit. Everyone was calling him a snake, cupcake, whatever you want – whatever nickname you want to throw at him <laughs> – for for being soft and leaving OKC, although I don't necessarily look at it that way. Yeah. But I think this is his chance to do it. And I, I like adding Harden would just go back to the same scenario that, <laughs> that he just left, which is why like this trade. I don't. I don't. I don't know if this trade will happen or not. I could see it happening. I wouldn't like completely write it off, but. He definitely. I, I feel that if he if, if Harden did end on the Nets, Kevin Durant would he, he would have you know he would have the same talks again. It's like oh, you need help again. You couldn't do it by yourself, or not even necessarily by yourself, but you couldn't be like one of the main reasons, like LeBron James and lead the team and whatnot. So I don't know. No, this is very off the rails from <laughs> the Rockets. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Oh man, this is uh, this is Hoops Addicts Anonymous at its finest, if you ask me. Yeah, this is kind of what we do. This is this is this is what we do, and this is this, this is what, what we want to do. This is what happens when you have Vino involved. It's hilarious. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> we talked about Fargo on the last episode. We did. So. We did <laughs> talk we did. about Fargo. We did talk about Fargo. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't know, Where guys. Do you, what do you think? I think for the well, if we're gonna go back to the Rockets real quick, right? With John Wall, and just talk about that roster because I feel like there's something left open over there. Like, where do we see them in the in the West? Like, do they even make the playoffs at this point? Because if we look at the West last season, going from one to eight, we had the Lakers, the Clippers, okay. the okay. Nuggets, okay. Rockets, lo- Thunder. The- so here, let's let's go piece by piece real quick because the the top three are locks. I don't think there's any question about that. They will be okay. there. So 
The Rockets, let's leave them off for now, but but we'll see. So, Alex, what was the next one? Thunder, I don't expect the Thunder they're to be out. They're out. in there. Yeah, they're out too. The Utah Jazz probably slides up to four, right? I think um, I think they're in for now, so we have four. Okay. Uh, Dallas Mavericks? Yeah, let's say. I mean, Denver. Well, first off, where's Denver? Three. Oh, okay, so all right. So with, with Dallas, we have five semi-locks right now. Okay, and then Portland? Yes, I think I think they're a lock to make the top eight. Memphis, Chip, you really Chip, you don't think they're a lock to make the top eight? I guess I, if you want to say, but there's a lot of there's a lot of good teams. Robert I, Covington, bro, that's God, a perfect complimentary player for for Dame and CJ. How and, many and fucking Nurkic, times Nurk- have, has? No, you're right. I know what you're going to say. Sorry. How many times has has Covington been the 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 uh, X factor for this team to be the the best or whatever, but but Nurkic is going to be thirty five percent three point shooter. They talk about him like he's forty five percent. Well, yeah, I'm but he's saying. also great at D though too. That's the thing. Mm. Okay, we'll see. Well, I, think, I hope so right. for Melo's sake. For now, for now, I think they're a top. They're a lock to make the top eight. So that's six, Alex. Right or no? With Portland included. Yep. That'd be six. With the Mavericks in um, Portland. So who else? You got Phoenix is going to be better this year. Yes. They're they're in there. You're not there's no way you're telling me Chris Paul with Devin Booker. I, I agree. These guys are not doing it. We just did a pod about that. I, I, I agree for the most part. Yeah. Chip, then, let's hear it, man. No, no, no. no, no. I think Phoenix is in. No, oh, okay, I think okay, he no. thinks he thinks Chip thinks Phoenix is Phoenix is in. What's the next team, Alex? There because that's seven right now, I think. We got San Antonio, we got Sacramento afterwards, the Pelicans. The Pelicans got to be making a, a playoff run, right? Or like some sort of push? Okay, before we continue any further, you realize we haven't said the Warriors yet. I know, that's the last team. And that's the last team because they were dead last. I'm, going, I'm just going down. Like Wow. Yeah, and we're at seven. That's all I'm saying. That's... And we got so we got the Pelicans, you got the Timberwolves, and you got the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Timberwolves ain't making that shit. Um, wow, this is crazy, honestly. So I think this would be my initial top eight. Um, I would go Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers. Um, Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers. I think I might go Trailblazers, Mavericks, Rockets, Suns. Who else is left? Oh, what, dude, no, I'm sorry. This has to be completely rearranged. My apologies. The Warriors were not included in the top four, top five. That's ridiculous. So we're going to go Lakers, Lakers, Clippers, Warriors. Um, Lakers, Clippers, Warriors. Um, Nuggets. They got hurt, by the way. Who? So yeah. What happened? 
Clay got hurt. Clay's I out. I know, whatever, but, but, so. but Steph alone, dude. Uh, Steph, Steph Curry is, to me, he's he's a Chris Paul-like player where he impacts winning so in so many different ways. Like, And honestly, man, and I know this is going to be maybe controversial, like, I think Wiggins will be better with with Cle- with um, Steph being on the team. Like I think Wiggins will be a bit better with yeah. him too. He's already um, jacked. So. Yeah. <laughs> nah. I don't know. It's uh, it's 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 crazy, man. But I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you guys think will be the top eight? Oh man, this is a. I think the Rockets are like maybe top six, if that. Honestly, I, I honestly I don't know. I, I think they're a fringe. Yeah. I think they're a fringe team. I don't even think they're in the top eight, man. I think you got the Lakers, Clippers, right? You got the Nuggets. I know the Nuggets lost uh, Jeremy Grant, but at least they kept Paul Millsap. Yeah, they'll be fine. To keep they'll some, be fine. To keep some consistency. Michael Porter Jr. is going to get better. They'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. And you got Utah, who I'd have probably after them. Utah, too. See, I, I, gotta put, I got I to put Portland up there, so we're already at five. We're already at five. And then Phoenix has got to be in there because you're Phoenix not. There's no way you're telling me Chris Paul and that team is not making it. Has at this to point. be in there. And so that's six. And then the Warriors at seven. What about the Mavericks? See, this is where it gets tough now. Now we're talking about Mavericks, Memphis, uh, Rockets, Pelicans. This is the, these are the last teams. I'm like, there's playing too, so well, let's remember that. But I'm, not, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this for me, Chip. I don't know if you. I put the Mavericks over all those guys. Because just because of Luca. Yeah, just because of Luca. But Maver- I put. You said Memphis. The funny thing is this. I'll be honest. I put the. You guys may not agree with me on this, but I put the Rockets just because they have James Harden above Utah on in any circumstance, no matter what. They own Utah, and no matter it doesn't matter. I, I don't. I'm not putting Utah above the Rockets under any circumstance, just because they have James Harden. So I would rather include you, uh, Houston, in that top eight over Utah, and they're probably a seventh or eighth seed with the Mavericks in in some way. I would put Houston above the Suns. And I would have the Suns and the Mavericks probably as the seventh and eighth seed. I think I think I would put the Suns over the Rockets just because we saw what Paul did with OKC. It's true. It, it's true. You know, and they were the fifth seed. You got Devin Booker. You got DeAndre Ayton. You got, you know, man, that's tough, man. That is. This is a, I I don't know how you can tell me with those three alone. That they're not better than the Rockets just because. What with Aiton, Booker, and Paul? Yeah, because I think Paul's just going to elevate those two guys to another level, and then Mikhail Bridges. He is. Um, it's just, dude. I mean, and maybe this is where uh, my bias towards scores comes in, but I, I I feel like because James Harden is such a dick, we forget how amazing he is. Chip, I don't know if you if you're with me on this, like. James Harden on your team. Uh, if James Harden on your team alone, I I just don't feel like there's almost no combination of another four player set with him that doesn't mean top eight in any conference. Like that to me, that's how good James Harden is. 
Yeah, I agree. I think you're in the playoffs if you have him. Yeah, I think you're in the playoffs. I, I'd be shocked. So if he plays what, on Houston no all year what. next year, I'd be shocked if they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. Absolutely shocked. It's going to be tough, man. I, I it don't, is going to be I tough. It is going to be tough. They're, they're a fringe team to me. That's that's all I got to say. I could. I, I think they should make the playoffs, but man, I think they're good. I think – you know what? The more the more I think about this now, they probably would be an A seed in my eyes. And that's – The roster they had – sorry, Alex. The roster they had in 16-17 when he – when D'Antoni's first year, when he shit the bed against the Spurs, is the roster they have now – Better than the one they had in sixteen seventeen, I can't remember off the top of my head. Remember before was, they got Chris Paul, because so James then, Harden James Harden was running the offense then. Yeah, they had Eric Gordon. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. They yeah, had Clint, yeah Clint Capello, right? Trevor Ariza, the yeah. Trevor Ariza, uh, the other minutes leaders: Trevor Ariza, Eric Gordon, Patrick Beverly, Ryan Anderson. Okay, you had Lou Williams for but, half the season. Yeah, but that's a very – Capella. It's a spaced out lineup though. That's the reason – even though if the talent is not necessarily better, the reason it works for James is be, it's because it's a spaced out lineup. So this one – and again, the lineup that you talked about, Chip, I actually think is better than the lineup I talked about. So if they have – if they have Wall, Harden, um, Gordon uh, – Christian Wood. Wood and Tucker, that's better than me talking about Bookie, um, whatever, I and Wood and whatever. But still, the lineup in 2016-17 I think is better spacing-wise. That's why I think it works better for Harden. Bookie doesn't make threes. He ain't playing. Sir, I don't see it. I, he's playing, bro. I, I think he's playing, man. I really, He's not sitting on that bench, man. I don't think he's sitting on that bench. Why? Based on what? I just don't think that a guy granted the inch. Listen, they're chip. They're investing their future in three people coming off Achilles injuries, and I just think that they're all going to play because. Boogie Cousins is not – I just don't think he's going to be a guy that is giving you 10 to 15 minutes a night. He's not going to be JaVale McGee, man. Like I, But they may start him out like that, but I just don't see it ending up like that. I guess. You might be right. I Look, I hope he has a bounce back year. It would be great to watch, but I don't know. It's, it's a great – Low risk, potentially high reward signing, but at the end of the day, it was a non guaranteed deal. So right. we'll see. Right. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Jeff. I like that. I like the 2016 roster because of the spacing. We saw how much, we saw how easier it was for Harden to score, right? And it was a little bit more, it was a little bit more of a clunky fit with Westbrook in the beginning, especially when you have a big and a point guard that can't shoot. And they didn't, if I remember correctly, they didn't have such a fast start with Westbrook, right? They There was a little bit of, uh, there were some kinks that had to be ironed out, which is why they traded uh, Clint Capella. And then small ball lineup was starting to take off with that right. team. So, I, they're good. I, 
I, I would say if they make the playoffs, it's going to be an eight seed. And then they'd have to play that playing game. Really? You think they're going to be that bad, Alex? It's not even that. It's not even going to be. It's not I the think, fact that they're, they're that they're bad. It's just the fact that the West is going to be that good with so many other good teams. I think both conferences are point. just good at this point. And it's not the Rockets being bad. It's, you know, they could be better than uh, Utah, right? As Jeff pointed out, they have, they have their number. But are you telling me that Phoenix, who had the same identical record as the Rockets this season, with just Chris Paul, Lou Dort, Steven Adams, and you're telling me that they can't be better than the Rockets with a Devin Booker who's... He makes a good point. You know? And then DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton. Like, and then let's look at the Pelicans. They got Steven Adams too, right? And you got him with Zion. You got him with B- Brandon Ingram. Lonzo Ball is like he's Eric he's Bledsoe. efficient enough. Pat Eric Bledsoe, Eric George, Bledsoe. George Hill. Yeah, we're talking about we're talking about different teams. Like these teams are they're going to be competitive, man. I don't see it as as an easy sh- shoeing for the Rockets as it once was because I think all the rosters just got that much better. Where it's just it's just going to be tough for them. I don't think it's as easy as it once was, but I wouldn't be concerned with the Pelicans if I was them or I, I, well, the Suns, I guess I would be concerned about, but I don't know, man. I like chip. If Zion is healthy, I would be, I would be concerned. That's the thing. We saw the Pelicans without Zion. I, I don't think, I don't think they're there yet. I just don't see that. I think it's Stan Van's first year. I th- I'd be more concerned about the Suns and the Warriors if I was the Rockets. Oh, the Warriors for, for sure. Yeah, um, the Warriors for sure. I would be concerned about. Mm-hmm. But but let's then let's take that right. So you got the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Suns, Warriors right there. That's five. Oh, and the Grizzlies too. Sorry, I think the Grizzlies are more equipped right now. So then, so then you got six teams right there. So that's why I think the Rockets are due for a seventh or eighth seed. I it's tough. The West I'm, is tough, man. No, no, no. It's, really it's, it's, it's really difficult. At the end of the day, and then, I'm, I'm and they're going to per- be competing with Utah. I'm but you had you had the that, Rockets finish fifth last year, but the Rock fourth last year, but they had the same record as the fifth and sixth seed. So I mean, yeah, the West was t- the West is going to be tough, but it was super tough last year. It was. So they, it was. I mean, it, it's not like they were crazy good last year. All I'm saying is that the West got tougher. Yeah. That's 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 all I'm saying. I'm not saying that the Rockets are, are now are now a, a, an easy team to just prey on. James Harden's still an elite talent. I'm just thinking that it's not going to be up at, at the fourth or fifth or sixth seed. I think they're now. The more I think about, it, I think they're just more of an eighth seed team that's going to have to play a playing game, just because the West is just that much more competitive at this point. James Harden in a play-in game. I can't. I can't imagine, imagine it. I can't imagine it either. But he'd lose the playoff game. He'd shoot like one of fourteen. That's been his postseason uh, Achilles, man. That's been his record. So I don't know. Um, I don't know, guys. Clo- closing comments before we wrap up. What do you guys think? <sighs> uh, I guess if anything, Spider-Man meme. Spider-Man meme. <laughs> oh, back to that. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I guess the last, the last thing I got to say is that don't expect the Rockets to be top five or even six team in the West. That's okay. that's where I'm leaving it. Uh, 
I'm gonna say they're they'll be six. They'll be at least six for me. I think they'll make that. Sixth. I think six is a good pick. I think I'll I think that's six. a solid pick. Yeah. Okay. If they were, I mean, I agree with some of some of Alex's thinking. If they're higher than fifth, I would be very surprised just because they're gonna have so much. They have so much turnover with Westbrook again, and I. But James is so good that if they finish eighth, that would be shocking. Right. So, or God, if they don't make the playoffs at all. But yeah. honestly, yeah, honestly, if if he gets traded, it, it wouldn't be a big surprise anyway. So That is true. Based on what we've heard, that is true. Oh, yep. and Russell, we- just breaking news. Uh-oh. Shit. The, wa- the Washington Wizards just tweeted out Russell Westbrook's New Jersey number. He's wearing four when Whoa. he's in uh, Washington. Yeah. He was zero in college too, right? Or no? So, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Does he have four kids or no? Sometimes there's there's always a significance. I think he's got three kids. Oh, he wore four in high school. I, I, who wore four in high school? There, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Um, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Listen, Alex, always, always a pleasure. Uh, I think Chip and I have been talking a little offline. We're going to be doing an NBA preview soon. You will clearly be one of the guys that we're targeting for that. Before we wrap up, um, please let all the good people listening know where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find your um, excellent writing. I appreciate you guys, Jeff, Chip. It's always fun talking hoops uh, with uh, you guys and I can't wait, man. I can't wait for the season to start. Oh, <laughs> but God. But you can find my work at Hoops Habit. Uh, I cover the Knicks, Nuggets, and sometimes the Celtics. Just got these new uh, teams to cover. You can also find my podcast, Knicks, Jets, etc. Yes, sir. As well. And you can also find me on Twitter at Tradicaster101. Once again, thank you guys for having me on. Always love talking hoops with you guys. Always, man. Uh, the love is mutual for sure. And uh, we will definitely be having you on in the future from Chip and myself. Everyone listening out there, we hope you guys are staying safe. And we will talk to you soon.